0: Hello there, this is AD Robles, and you're listening to AD on the Fight Laugh Feast Network. All right, well, let me say this. If you have not considered doing so, please consider purchasing a copy of Social Justice Pharisees Woke Church Tactics and How to Engage Them. You can go to adrobles.com. That is adrobles.com and purchase a copy. There's a link to my eBay page where you can get a copy through eBay. Or if you'd like to email me at ad at adrobles.com, let me know how many copies you want. And um, I can bill you directly that way as well. Also, we can do some trades. I'm A lot of people have been purchasing books for silver one person even used a small amount of gold to purchase some books which of course i appreciate and we can work on that exchange uh through email but um i think this is a very worthwhile addition to your collection i think there's probably a pretty strong number of churches that if they're not already talking about leaving the SBC, they will be talking about that over the next few months and the social justice issue is going to be central in a lot of people's minds regarding that. So, if you want to prepare yourself to discuss, you know, why the social justice movement is so damaging to the unity that was purchased by Christ at the cross for the church, um, and you want to, you know, learn about the common tactics that people will use to promote critical theory, social justice, woke church type stuff, um, and how to address them biblically, this book will be very helpful. It's written at a very um, easy to access level, not a ton of theological terms in there or anything like that. It's it's intended to clear things up as opposed to ob- obscure them, which I think sometimes theological works are written almost intentionally to confuse. This is not that kind of a book. So, if you are you know, suspicious, you might have some conversations like that in your church, which I think I think a lot of us are, this book will hopefully help you out in that conversation. Again, you can purchase a copy at AD Robles.com. Thank you for considering that. Now let's jump into today's content. I've got a few different things so I want to mention two quick things uh, two, uh, two things about Canada I should say and then I want to jump into a Dave Ramsey clip which I find hilarious. Um, I like Dave Ramsey so don't don't think I'm hating but uh, he's pretty good at the getting out of debt stuff and why debt is so damaging and all of that. but beyond the debt stuff, Eh, not so much. So let's, let's jump into the Canada stuff first, and then we'll get to Dave Ramsey. All right, so the first thing I wanted to talk about was this—it looks like a Facebook post, although I'm not sure because I'm not on Facebook—but somebody had sent this to me regarding Paul Carter. Now, Paul Carter is the Gospel Coalition Canada writer who has done his very best to pretend that the pastors being arrested in Canada, in his, in his country, uh, they don't even exist— and he's also done his very best to you know try to shame anybody who would call pastors being arrested for having church on Sunday persecution he he says that it's it's not persecution even though the bible calls that persecution even though paul himself in other articles calls that persecution, no, no, the state can do no wrong. They are not arresting pastors because they refuse to not hold church on Sunday the way they've been uh, uh, instructed to by the state, who has no authority over the church. Um, that's not persecution, according to Paul Carter. But this is not about persecution. This, this Facebook post, it's a very long Facebook post, so we're not going to read the whole thing, but it's about vaccines, Which, you know, if somebody wants to promote, you know, a vaccine or something like that, I don't have really a big problem with that. I mean, I don't do research into vaccines. I don't know a whole lot about them. And so if you think it's a good idea to get a vaccine and you want to, you know, display the fact that you've got a vaccine and you've got the official, you know, position of the state, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. But the way he promotes this vaccine here, is so manipulative. It's scripture twisting and I I just couldn't even believe what I had read here. So, I want to share this with you. Now, he talks about um, you know, how he's very proud of the fact that in his province, you know, people that have gotten the vaccine, the rates are higher than other provinces. Very weird thing to kind of brag about, but that's what Paul Carter that's the kind of guy Paul Carter is. The first question he talks about is is the vaccine the mark of the beast? I don't really find that all that interesting. I don't really care, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pass along that thing. Now here is here is the next couple of things, right? So he addresses, you know, the a couple claims it might cause infertility, and it was produced too quickly. And he says, "This. Listen to this. He he he. <laughs> I just couldn't even believe this. So as far as I know, Paul Carter isn't a doctor. I mean, he's a pastor. So if he's a doctor as well." that's pretty impressive he's got, founds finds time to be a doctor as well as to be a pastor I, I didn't think that much time existed in a day but apparently Paul Carter if he's a doctor is, is doing it so he he makes some claims here he says it make he, he's responding to people's hesitation that it was produced too quickly or it might cause infertility and he says no there's no medical evidence that it it, it causes infertility it same thing as the no evidence of voter fraud, of course. Uh, if there's no evidence when you're not looking, of course. But anyway, so it doesn't cause infertility, according to him, and it was it was not produced too quickly, according to him. This is all fine. If this is your opinion, I have no problem with this, because we've all seen the, the fact that there's inconsistent data about almost everything regarding coronavirus. There are some doctors that believe X, X, and there are some doctors that believe not X, and so there's a lot of inconsistent data. And this is true of any any science, any any kind of thing uh, at all. But especially true of coronavirus, considering how new it is and how uh, inconsistent or uh, incomplete the research is, and stuff like that. So if this is what you want to put forward, again, I don't have a problem with this, except for when he says this. So he's he's talking about how he doesn't believe there's any evidence of uh of the infertility thing or that it was produced too quickly and then listen to this i want you to hear this this is a non-doctor paul carter after he gets done telling you all the medical research that he's seen says that it's totally safe quote my advice to you is this don't do your own research don't do your own research. As you're reading his opinion, what he says now is, the buck stops here, don't do any more research. Just take what I've said, and now that's the end of it. I don't want you to do any more research. I will tell you what's what. And then he says, consult your family doctor. Okay, fine, consult your family doctor. That's good advice. But this is the reality, though. Like This is the slave mindset of a guy like Paul Carter. Because as far as I know... I hired my doctor, right? My doctor is a counselor. My doctor is not my Lord. He's not my master. He's not my decision maker. I'll just give you an example. So I went to, a, I had a physical just the other day, just last week I had a physical. And he asked me about the coronavirus vaccine, of, which I said I did not get it and I have no intention of getting it. And you know, he kind of said, you know, I've heard good things, and I said, yeah, you know, I, I just don't really feel like I need to get it. I haven't heard all that good things myself, and not that I don't trust you, but I, I just don't see any reason. I'm not scared of coronavirus. You know what my doctor said? All right. All right. Because my doctor, I hired my doctor for his advice and opinions not to make my decisions for me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Like, this is the slave mindset here. This guy wants you to make, have your doctor make your decisions for you. You know what I mean? Don't do your own research. Hire a doctor to make decisions for you. That's a terrible idea. That's not what a doctor is for. A doctor shouldn't be making your decisions for you. You know what I mean? So, so, And, and you got to understand, the doctor, the, the, the person in the medical profession has a vested interest in promoting certain medical treatments. You ever wonder why most doctors are more quick to tell you to get on a blood pressure medication than they are to tell you that, hey, your diet needs to change? Some, if you find a good doctor, they'll tell you your diet needs to change, but the, as they're writing the prescription. But the thing is, preventative medicine isn't really advantageous to most doctors. And doctors are just people. They're not like these altruists that are not, you know, uh, affected by sin. No, no, they, they have a vested interest in keeping you coming to their office. And so I, I while I do trust doctors in some ways, I trust them more with, you know, at least when they're somewhat honest about the downsides, and they're not presenting something as if it's a panacea. You see what I'm saying? Like you got to find the right doctor because they're not all created equal. My doctor also asked me if I wanted to get the pneumonia vaccine, which I, to which I said no. And the reason why he asked me about it was because he found out that I might smoke. You know, maybe one cigar a month, and he said, "Well, you know, if you get that, if you get the pneumonia, it could be serious." Okay, fine. But I'm pretty sure that one cigar a month is not going to put me at super high risk for pneumonia. And if it does, then I'll be wrong. But what I don't want to do is necessarily, you know, pump myself full of different vaccines and chemicals and stuff like that on the low chance that I might get the coronavirus or pneumonia. Now, the thing is like I ha- I ha- I have asthma, right? So I understand that there's certain things that I'm at a greater risk at. But again, the doctor works for me. So, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to just cave to every single thing a doctor says but it's it's, it's amazing to me though because if his if his advice is really go to your doctor then why did he give me all this other advice i don't know but he certainly thinks that he knows a lot more than you do now this is the part that i thought was completely unbelievable he says this I, i i kid you not i'm quoting him here he says lastly If you are a Christian and choose not to get the vaccine, be very careful about communicating that in public because the Bible says, quote, give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. Romans 12, 17. The vast majority of Canadians think that it is honorable and loving to get the vaccine. A small risk by you will help get the rest of us back to normal and make grandma and grandpa safe. That is honorable in the sight of all. So if you decide not to get it, don't attempt to justify your decision by appealing to your Christian faith. That wouldn't be honest, and it wouldn't be helpful. There is nothing in the Bible precluding you from getting the vaccine. That might not be true, by the way, depending on how the vaccine was developed, Paul. But I understand that that kind of thinking is a little bit too complicated for you to even address. Like, There's no nuance here at all. It's just like, don't If you don't get the vaccine, don't keep your mouth shut about it because you're actually disobeying the scripture. This is where he starts to twist your twist the scriptures to try to get you to do what he wants. He wants you to get the vax and he's trying to make it seem like the Bible actually commands you to get the vax because you're supposed to do what's honorable in the sight of all. And most Canadians think it's honorable to get the vaccine. Therefore, now you're duty bound to get the vaccine, or at least if you don't, to keep your mouth shut about it. None of this is true, by the way. Paul Carter is making this up. This is the the, there's nothing that biblically commands you to get this vaccine or any vaccine for that matter. That's all false. But for a state worshiper, the state has spoken. His God has spoken. You shall get the vaccine. And so Paul Carter will do literally anything he needs to do to get you to get the vaccine, including twisting the words of the actual God that is there. Guys, this is no small thing. God will not be mocked this way. Paul Carter is taking the Lord's name in vain here, by definition. And that's a big problem for a guy like me. So, I mean, Paul Carter certainly strikes me as completely given over to the state cult, the, the 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 government cult. I mean, this is the kind of guy that literally says, no king but Caesar. It's pretty gross, it's pretty disgusting, but that's enough Paul Carter for now. The next thing I wanted to talk about is... This from Protestia. Let me just see if I can get you to see it here. Yeah. Protestia. So this is um, this is uh, the new website of pulpit and pen. Right. And, you know, you've been trained just like I have that pulpit and pen is the devil. Right. Nothing is worse than J.D. Hall and pulpit and pen. They're the they're the worst people in the round. They, they 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 always lie and nothing that they say is is true. I even saw that uh, someone had said that um, these are this is not the kind of voice we need right now. Who's that guy that said that? Oh man, I don't remember. Sorry, I don't remember who said it. But you know, official kind of nice guy type thing, and uh, and all that. But the thing is, like guys, like I don't like all of protestia's work. You know what I mean? I, I don't. But the, but the reality is that, that <laughs> Protestia is not the devil, and in many ways they outperform the, 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 the official nice guy sources like a gospel coalition. See, Tim Stevens is the brother who was recently arrested in Canada for not shutting down his church the way the Canadian crown told him to. The way Paul Carter says you must obey because apparently he worships the state. So Tim, Tim Stevens was arrested, and Gospel Coalition is busy not doing anything about it. They're not, they're, they're, most of them are pretending it didn't even happen. He doesn't even exist. They're not even name, naming him or mentioning him. And if they do, they're like, well, it's not persecution. You should have done what he was told. Like That's Gospel Coalition for you, the nice guys. They're the nice guys. They're sipping their soy lattes, and they're super nice. And they'll, and they'll tell you if you share a protest to your link, you shouldn't do that. There was one, there's one guy. There's an old, old, old brother in my town when I lived in Vermont, and he shared a protestia link back when it was pulpit and pen. And it was a true article. I mean, it was, you know, listen, like, like I said, I don't like all their articles, but this one was a really good one. And, um, and uh, an official Gospel Coalition guy, he got on his holy robes. He, he got done sipping his soy latte with his carb-loaded uh, breakfast. And he said, brother, that's, they're slanderers. You can't share that article. That, 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 you, you can't do it. And it's like, yeah, okay, but what's wrong with the article? Well, there's nothing wrong with the article. That's, that's the point. There's nothing wrong with the article. But anyway, while the nice guy gospel coalitions are busy getting their third, you know, latte, Proteste is over here saying, hey, guys, like, you know, Tim, is pro- Tim, Tim probably feels alone. He's in prison. He's, it's almost like solitary because he's in quarantine right now. They only let him out 30 minutes a day, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, most of the Canadian church has completely abandoned him and pretended he doesn't exist, like Paul Carter, for example. And so he's probably feeling kind of alone right now. He's with the Lord. God God will be with him. We get that. Why don't we all write to him? The big meanie protestius Jordan Hall, he's recommending that you write to Tim Stevens. And I completely agree. Click this article. He'll send you the link, or I'm sorry, the address for how to write to Tim Stevens. I'm going to send him a quick letter as well. Um, and, And just encourage the man because he probably feels pretty alone right now because majority of people are like this dude. Oh, I clicked out of it. Too bad. I clicked out of it. Majority of people are like Paul Carter, pretending he doesn't exist and trying to convince you that the Bible commands you to get the vaccine. Tim Car- Tim, Tim Stevens, man, God bless you if you ever see this, uh, if there's anything ever I can do for you, money, you know, support, exposure, whatever you need. Let me know. Um, but I just I just thought I'd share that contrast because nothing official is what it seems. You know, you've been trained just like I. Oh, Protestia, they're evil. You know, and Protestia is saying, hey, why don't you write to this brother? Don't forget about those of you who are in jail. Your brother's in jail. Don't forget about them. Write to them. Send them something. Send them encouragement. Gospel Coalition's busy pretending doesn't exist. It's just so gross, man. It's so gross. All right. Let's talk some Dave Ramsey. Oh yeah, like I said, I like Dave Ramsey. Um, I think that his get out of debt stuff is very helpful, and um, I like his mentality. I like the whole thing about what does he call it? Uh, uh, gazelle intense. You know, when you're in a, a debt situation, you want to get out of debt with intensity. You know, like it's that's that's what you that's what your mission is, right? I love that. But when it comes to investing, and when it comes to you know some of the uh some of the, like the uh, the employment mindset type stuff and yeah, not so much <laughs> not so much um so let's uh let's just watch a little bit of this i actually saw uh joshua fluke address this and his video was pretty funny but let's see Ken,
1: yeah, this article that uh that guy's handed me right before the show they said you talked about it on your show earlier it's probably worth talking about the great resignation
2: yeah surveys are saying that American workers up to 40% of the workforce in America is looking to change jobs this year. So here we are, as we are approaching, you know, halfway through and, and there's going, hey, I'm gonna make a move. So you're gonna see this in 2021 and 2022, a lot of people changing jobs. We talk about 25% is the low end of the survey, 40%. That's an extraordinary number of people who are saying, you know what? It's time to make a change. It's certainly just a, brought on had a lot by, to do with that. On by the
0: pandemic. Let me let me just stop right here. So, just so you guys know, this I, I'm actually a literal, well, maybe not literal, but I I get paid for my opinions on this exact topic. <laughs> I'm a I'm a literal expert on the job market, why people change jobs, you know, how people change jobs, what kind of jobs they want, stuff like that. Um, I don't study all of the data and stuff like that. But I am in the job market every day of my life. I've been very successful at it. I've been doing it for over a decade and uh so this is my area. <laughs> this is my area. so a lot of people are about to change jobs. I'm licking my chops because I'm gonna make some money based on that fact. Uh, and I talk to candidates every day about why they're changing jobs and stuff like that. so let's hear let's
1: hear let's hear what Dave Ramsey has to say about this, <laughs> giving you a philosophical reset and saying. Yep. Life's too short to work at something I hate with people I hate.
2: That's right. Here's what happens. So we know that change is one of the greatest concerns for any human being. Change is scary. It has all this unknown. And so change is really, really ugly. However, when a forced change happens to you, so let's take the pandemic. And it was a massive change for people in... Uh, or I mean, arguably the largest area of their life. You think about time you spend at home with family, friends, sleeping. You think about work, that's the thing you spend most time on in your life. And so when there's a forced change, you didn't have any choice. You were sent home, either furloughed, laid off, or you were working from home. So now all of a sudden you're confronting a change you had no choice over and now you're dealing with that change and so then we begin to go oh wow this is huge what other parts of my life would i like to change and i think that's what has happened collectively people are going well i had to deal with this what would it look like if i actually worked in a place that i really love what if i did work (laughs) that mattered deeply to me what would i have to do what if i changed some things to be able to get qualified to make more money what if i paid off debt um you know,
0: what I think is actually going on, and I don't disagree with much of that, but I think a lot of people, when they were forced to work from home, you know, started realizing that, you know, a lot of the reasons that they were staying at their company was just matters of comfort, right? Like, they didn't really like what they were doing, or they didn't really like the company they worked for, more importantly. Um and so not being around them gave you a little freedom to really think about things and say, you know, eh, maybe I do want to find a better job. Maybe I do want to find a better company or a better manager is usually what it is. People typically leave their managers more than their companies, um, although companies are definitely related to that. So, yeah, I agree. Like, people have – I don't necessarily agree with everything he's saying, but, but um, I think a lot of people are kind of considering change because they've had time to really sit and think about it. When you're home, you know, when, when you're in the office, like – you know, it's, it's difficult sometimes to, to disconnect yourself and think about your situation objectively. I haven't changed jobs too many times in my career. In fact, I've only changed jobs twice, uh, once really, in my career. And then I started working for myself. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I know that I get comfortable somewhere and there's really no motivation to leave, even if there's definite downsides to where I'm working.
2: And I think you're seeing people are going, you know what? I think it's time. I think it's time, and I'm going to move. Here's what's interesting with this. Forty percent of American workers are considering moving into something else, so they're going to quit their current job. And you got 9.3 million jobs, Dave, that, that are open right now. And, and so it is a good time is the point, because companies are needing talent. They want talent. Yeah, but if you're—
0: I think this is a very interesting point, and there's a disconnect there, right? So if everyone's trying to leave their jobs and there's 90 million jobs available, why aren't people— taking those jobs and the reality is that I, i'll say this as well like it's harder to find candidates willing to make a move right now even if they want to make a move right now there's a lot of hesitation because there's a lot of uncertainty in the market right now so people think that if you are at a new company you, you know and, and the company goes you know into into financial trouble that you'll want, you'll be one of the first to go i understand why they're hesitant that makes perfect sense
1: one of these companies with no soul you could take advantage of people and no people aren't going to come. No, you're going to end up with a labor shortage.
2: Well, we already have that.
1: Absolutely. Is happening. I mean, you're going to end up not being able because these folks are what we're saying is, is that because of the pandemic, they said life's too short. Mm-hmm. And that's what the surveys are indicating. Yep. Um. that that they're not going to go to work for a company where life's too short again. That's true. They're going to go. They want to do some plug into something where they matter where the work matters mm-hmm. and where something that they have actually have a freaking talent at that they're not just there to collect a check. That's right. They've
2: realized- Well, they're going
0: to try to find a company like that, but to be honest, there's just not enough jobs like that. A, a lot of companies are soulless. A lot of companies do consider you as essentially a robot. And there's just really, when you think about it, there's really not much wrong with that because they're paying you a wage to do essentially what they want you to do. And so if you can't find your you know, your passion, your mission, whatever it is, um, and all you can find is you know a job in exchange for a paycheck, there's really nothing wrong with that. I mean, a job is a job, right? Like, like I, I, I oftentimes you hear you know Dave Ramsey and, and lots of people say that you shouldn't just work for a paycheck. and I'm often wondering why. why not? I mean, that, that's why I do what I do. I I need to provide for my family. I want to set myself up for my future. I'm working as unto the Lord, like I'm working hard at it and I'm, you know, know, doing the best I can because, you know, really I'm working for the Lord, but it, you know, a lot of people have jobs where if they weren't getting paid, they wouldn't do it, but those jobs need to get done too, right? Those jobs, those, those jobs are important as well. And so, I get what they're saying. I mean, ideally, you'd have a job that you really love, and it's a mission you really, really, you really care about, um, and you can always make the best of it. But you know, you, you work for the paycheck a lot of the time. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. And in fact, if you think there's something wrong with that, it's very, it's very hard to uh, develop gratitude about it. Right? It's very difficult when you when you constantly are thinking, "Well, I'm not I'm not fulfilled by my job at McDonald's." It's like, well. If you're looking for fulfillment in your job, that could that's that could be your main problem. You know what I mean? You, that's where, not where you should be looking for your fulfillment. <clears throat>
2: i Crusade like crusade-driven organizations like Ramsey. That's it. See, we all longer make I think make we'll difference. benefit from this. We will benefit from it. I'm going to tell you this. The Ken Coleman Show uh, and Ramsey Solutions, we're positioned to help a lot of people make this move. Because now they, they, they need to know what they're looking for. Some of them don't know. They're just going, this isn't it. And so what we teach every day, as you know, Dave, on the, Dave, I mean, on the Ken Coleman Show is, hey, you use talent as your tool. Your talent are premium tools. You do work you love. We call that passion. You just love the work. And then that work creates a result that matters deeply to you. So when we hire people— I, You know,
0: I, 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 I just—I <laughs> I don't agree with him completely. Again, it's ideal if you can find something that you're really passionate about. And if you can make money on that, and usually you can, then great. More power to you. But again, it's okay to have a job and to work hard at it and to work your butt off and to uh, rise up the ranks at a job that it's not your passion. You, you know what I mean? Like, the majority of my income comes from a job that I like. I, I enjoy it. You know, I'm good at it. Um, but if you ask me, is it my passion? Probably not. Probably not. I, I, I'm probably more passionate about the YouTube content that I do, which is less than 5% of my income. You know You know what I mean? So, like, if I just decided to follow my passion and to do YouTube and I'm only making 5% of my current income on YouTube that would be irresponsible. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's okay because I'm working as unto the Lord and I'm going to do what I have to do to provide for my family. And um, I'm doing YouTube because I like it. And maybe one day it'll be 90% of my income and I'll be able to do it more. Um, but the point is like like, like this, this mindset of like, if I'm not passionate about it, then I got to find my passion. I got to totally find my passion. It's like, eh. I mean, there's a lot of people that make a ton of money doing stuff that I'm pretty sure they're not passionate about. And that's
2: okay. That's totally fine. <laughs> you know
0: what I mean? It's totally fine.
2: solutions. Here's what you gotta be. You gotta be a crusader. You have to be deeply, deeply committed to the results of hope, practical paths forward for people to turn their life around. Whether it be on the Dr. John Deloney show with your mental emotional health, the Ken Coleman show, turn your career around, uh, or turn your money life. They're around. A cru- it's a crusade. <laughs>
0: I mean listen listen. I don't want to make fun of it you know their mission statement, all that whatever that's, that sounds like it's probably their mission statement. They're crusaders. Um, okay yeah that, that's fine. that's fine. but you know for every Dave Ramsey solutions company out there, there's also you know a bank or you know retail you, you know what I mean like and those jobs are totally fine. There's dignity in those jobs right? I, I, I really don't like this mindset. And there's a few different ways you can have this mindset. It's like, well, if you're not an entrepreneur, then you're just like totally a wage slave. But <laughs> Okay. I mean, I guess that's how you feel, but it's not true though. It's not true. There's a, you, a lot of times you can do much better in your life working for somebody else than being an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur and that's totally fine. I'm, I, I like it. I enjoy it. Um, but I'd work for somebody else if I had to, and it would be fine. Maybe it wouldn't be my passion, right? But that's fine. <laughs> and so what, what's, you- I think we need to make working for a paycheck great again. What's wrong with working for a paycheck?
2: That's what most people do, and it's fine. It's totally fine to do that. Come here. You better be missional, and you better care about the result of life change. Hope practical steps forward for people.
1: Well, you won't make it through the interview you process. Won't. And if you did, you won't fit in.
2: No, if you lie to us, if you want to just collect, you a check. will be exposed because this is a different place. Yeah. yeah. It's
1: not a different place, though.
2: Every startup says this.
0: <laughs> I work. I work with a lot of startups. That's part of my business. And um, this is what every startup says. They all have the a missional mindset. Maybe they don't use the word missional because that's an evangelical word but they're all missional, they're all purpose driven, they're all they're all these things and that's fine. I'm not saying it's bad to be what everyone else is, but like let's stop pretending that this is like some kind of unique thing. This is what every company says.
1: It's, it, well, I mean, we, <laughs> we we were talking about that this morning and stuff. I mean, we, this is how we do things. Yeah. And not everybody needs to be a we. That's true. You know. So well, you yeah. you may if you if you want to just say, well, I've got a degree in X and so I yeah. have a sal- sal- I have a talent. Yeah. And you should just pay me for delivering on that talent. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. It's not nope. going to happen. Nope. That's why we're getting so many developers coming. Oh, yeah. Because we, we work a developer uh, 40 hours a week, not 80. That's right. And we work a developer uh, where they're writing code, doing something that matters. Yeah. And so when they woke up during the pandemic, they didn't wake up and go, I hate my job. They woke up and went, man, we've got a
2: lot of people need our help. Yep. Yeah exactly right and so they're going hey i know that if i'm in here in this company coding that it is going to be directly tied to transformation see i think that's I, that's I, what I, everybody I, wants is to make a difference and so, that's
0: what everyone does
2: I, I i this is the thing like
0: okay I, i'm not trying to be critical here but but every company who develops any product unless it's an illegitimate product like porn or something but like you know, I, I work with companies that develop a so, a software that does a very specific thing very very well. It's not flashy, like it's not we're not changing lives every day. You know, and giving people hope and like it's not like that, but it does change lives. It it helps you be more efficient and and uh, and reduce your costs in a very particular area, and it's a very particular kind of software, and it makes life better. Every everything that you can sell that people buy is intended to make life better and it might not be crusader like oh around on a crusade like no it's like it's just a software and that's fine like I, I work with uh, applicant tracking systems and there are some are better than others and some of them are just garbage and they' just they're hard to use they don't do anything well some of them streamline the process so much that I can be twice as effective at my job just because I purchased this software and so it costs me you know thousand dollars a year or something like that but I bought it and I could be twice as effective at my job. I make twice as much uh, revenue that I would if I didn't have this software that makes my life better. In fact, it makes the world better because it matches people up with the right jobs. And then those people are, are producing a product or a service that people buy that makes their lives better, that they exchange for cash. Like, like every company thinks that they're missional and they have a a thing to, to offer the world. And if their product's good, even if it's a very boring kind of software, then they're right. You don't have to find the the company that has like the perfect product in order to to view your work as transformational or as world changing. Because the reality is that the economy tends to reward things that are transformational, things that make life better. Now, again, this is notwithstanding things like porn, you know, things that are illegitimate, products that are illegitimate or sinful or something like that. But um, I just and I don't think that I don't think that Ramsey would disagree with me on this. I, I don't. But the way that they present it and this is the way a lot of like these guru type people present things. It's it's very much like a it's, it's oversimplified and it also serves to benefit their style of business or their service more so than others. Like there's just as much dignity in. Um, making a killer, you know, fast food company uh, or 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 store, than there is at Ramsey Solutions. You see what I'm saying? There, there's just as much dignity there. Maybe not fast food. That's a little bit, you know, but but like a restaurant. You know what I'm trying to say? I just I don't like this mindset where it's like if you're just not totally passionate about it, like then it's just like there's no dignity in it. I don't like that. I don't like that.
1: So the net result will be. For the economy overall, I'm
0: like I'm killer at my job. I do a really good job with recruiting. You know what I mean? I find technical talent uh, very well, and I do it at an efficient price, and all of this kind of stuff. And I'm good at my job. But like again, if you ask me, is this my totally my point? Crusade, my passion? No, <laughs> and that's fine because I use the resources that I make with the job that I'm really good at, that I can make a good income on, and I use it for the things that I'm passionate about. I use it for the things that I'm crusader about. You know what I mean? I'm I'm passionate about my children, man. I want my children's children to have an inheritance. I want them to love the Lord. I want them to be to to know um, the things they need to do to have a successful life. I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about the church, and so I take the resources that I that I make with this, you know, kind of mundane job that I'm not all that passionate about, and then I and then I channel them into the things I am passionate about, like my family and my kids and my church and stuff like. That. There's no, there, there's nothing wrong with that, guys.
1: Nothing. If this transition is accurate, if this survey is accurate, will be a huge increase in productivity yes. because people will leave jobs. In bad situations that they are not good at, that they're not passionate about, and go plug into something, yes. a that they're good at and b they're passionate about in a better situation, right. and they'll produce more, way more, which more goods good. and services yes. which will help the economy yeah. overall. They so will. really, if people ever, I agree follow- with that. If you
0: find a good a job that you're good at, and and more so than a job that you can just make a lot of money on, that would help the economy, I think. But also consider the money that you make for it, right? Like. If you're passionate about, you know, making, you know, craft cheese, go ahead and make craft cheese. But just understand that there might be an opportunity cost there. And if you're also passionate about your children and your church and your legacy and stuff like that, um, all of that kind of thing, that might take a hit. Not to say that that's illegitimate. That might be fine, but it might take a hit. So uh, I just there's they're oversimplifying things here. I think there's a couple ways to slice
1: this. Followed the Ken Coleman rule and got in something where their talent and their passion was aligned with what they were doing every day, then the economy would boom even more.
2: Productivity rises and durability increases. People stay longer, tenure. People will stay in a place where they go, my work matters, the company sees me. And Dave, you just touched on this. Underneath all of this is a massive warning to leaders and to companies that if you don't give people a connection to their work. If they can't see that you care deeply about them, because they could be in their sweet spot, talent, passion, mission aligned. But if you have a crappy culture, they will leave you they will leave you. And and, and and you better have a place that uh, is, is healthy and you better have a place that is dominated by leaders who care for their people and people feel like, hey, you see me, I'm not just doing work that matters to me, but I matter to you because you share how we collectively, everybody at Ram Solutions matters to the world out there. That's what's special about this place and companies that don't figure this out, you're going to lose talent at an alarming rate and the companies that figure this out, Dave, are going to explode load they're going to grow like crazy
1: yeah and one of the things that they came to the conclusion that i disagree with was that the worker is now demanding that they work from home
2: yeah well those people are going to lose yeah
1: that's not going to work
2: bad idea by the way (laughs)
1: it's not going to work (laughs)
0: yeah these Uh, guys are so boomer man i'm just joking but but yeah this is the big thing like it's a bad idea those people are going to lose why why would someone who wants to work from home lose like the thing is like if you like if you care about your people like they just in this beautiful tirade about oh you gotta care about your people they gotta know you gotta, you gotta they gotta know you care it's like okay so then why don't you treat me like an adult why don't you treat me like an adult and if I want to work from home why is that a problem and then there well, was the culture the cultural suffer you know those people are gonna you know they're not gonna be on mission and stuff like that all of that is a very one-dimensional way to look at this. I know so many companies that are able to keep their culture and their mission and their crusade aligned with a distributed team. This is something that's been going on for a very, very, very long time I think every company is going to eventually have to catch up to this. Um, I got di- I, 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 Ramsey's over here being stubborn, but the thing is eventually Ramsey's solutions is going to do the same thing. It, it's going to happen because people don't, most people don't need to be in the office. It's just that, especially developers, especially coders, you're going to lose coders because of this. And it's like most most companies I think will switch to a hybrid model where they can have people in the office or not um, as they as they see fit, treating people like adults. But um, again, like almost with everything here, Alexa, stop. That means I got a call in a minute. Almost with everything here, they've oversimplified this as well. It, it, there's really no reason that you have to lose working from home. I mean, I've done it for seven, eight years. These are the most successful seven,
1: eight years of my entire career. Uh, it hasn't worked. You all, could try that. To... All of the data new no. is in. That's right. And work from home doesn't equal work.
2: No. Getting done. You can't have a great culture if everybody separated all the time.
0: Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You definitely can. Many companies accomplish this. Companies have been accomplishing this for decades at this point. Um, and so, I, I, I listen, I don't disagree with everything that they're saying here, but I, I just feel like some of this mindset stuff, and uh, it's not just Dave Ramsey, it's a lot of these mindset guru types. They just super oversimplify things. There's literally nothing wrong with with working for a paycheck. There's nothing wrong with working from home. Um, and you know, not, maybe not everybody wants to, or is capable of doing it, but many people are. And I think companies, if they want to win ought to consider that ought to consider that anyway, I hope you found this video helpful. God bless. Don't forget to tune in next week on Thursday for AD on the fight, laugh, feast network.